Hello and welcome to the second episode of Through the Turnstile. We are back after the Christmas break, both myself and Mr. Ryan Warren. Hello, Ryan. Hello. And today we've got a mountain of stuff to talk about from the WSL results and championship results from last weekend. Got the fixtures coming up and all things international and the goings on of local, well, Manchester local lad Phil Neville. Where do you want to start, Ryan? Uh, I think we should start with Phil Neville. Here's the biggest news of the week so far. All right, let's do it. And well, we we all knew he was leaving. Yeah. But the big well, news this well, week... He, he leaked that he was leaving a few months ago. Yeah. And then England had already lined up there his replacement for September after the Olympics. But this, this story, I think... As we record it, it broke yesterday, which was Monday, the 18th of January. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, he's left now, whereas we we all assumed he would be leaving after the Olympics, if they happen, in the summer. But he's left now to take the Inter-Miami job, leaving England managerless and also the Olympics Great Britain team managerless. Which I don't know. What, what do you think about this? I th- to say I'm not surprised is an understatement. You know, I think this was a ma- this is always a job of oh, not opportunity per se, but convenience. It was a job of convenience. Like if you think after the whole debacle at Valencia, you know what was Phil going to actually go into? Mm-hmm. You're like, who's actually going to hire him? Because he doesn't want to do like Harry Cooley's doing at Oldham and start down the football pyramid. No, no, no. That's too that's too low for him. So he wants a real job. Have the international team approved? Yeah, maybe. I think there's definitely been more profile brought to them, but, you know, there's still... Uh, oh... Let's just say I'm not sad to see him go. Yeah, I understand that. But I think that England improved a bit, won the She Believes Cup, and then semi-finalists of the World Cup and were so a missed penalty and a very tight VAR decision against Ellen White away from uh, beating the USA, who went on to win it. So there's definitely signs that England could compete at the highest level. I think since then, it's not been great performance-wise, I don't think. I think I saw something, and this could be wrong, so feel free to correct me if I am. I think it was like three wins in the last 10 games. Yeah, that is right. So it's a bit, yeah, performances were lacking. And also he didn't want to be there. As he made clear, yeah, by <laughs> announcing he was going to leave after the Olympics when the FA offered him a contract contract extension. So I don't know. I think it's about the right time for England to get in a new manager with a different philosophy and to try and sort of <clears throat> kickstart something to compete in the Euros next year. But yeah, it's been it's been a weird weird like sort of story because we all knew he was leaving and then he's just left 
Yeah. Now, and especially for this <clears throat> Inter Miami job in the United States, which is Inter Miami, for those who don't know, is David Beckham's new MLS team. I mean, I, I can't like begrudge Phil Neville of going, oh, yeah, I could get a high paid job and I get to live in, in Miami. Miami. Yeah. Like, you can't really say oh, no, like, why, I, why, why I, I turn that down. I understand but why the, you did it. But the timing. It's just like, okay. but again, say, like, saying you're going to be there for the Olympics and then just jumping ship early is quite weird, I think. Yeah, it is. Hey ho, there may it's have been other is, stuff. It's funny because I was thinking it was going to leave the FA in England in a bit of limbo, but it turns out no. <laughs> no, they were ready. Yeah. Because they have the uh, FA have leaked that, um, oh, I'm not even going to say, oh, I'm going to have to say her first name now, aren't I? Yep, and I'm going to enjoy it. Oh, God. Hege? H-E-G-E? That's how I would have pronounced it. Yeah. But... And then Risa, we know that, thanks to John Arna, Risa, <laughs> who's a former Norway international and then, went into coaching and then was part of the US setup. So she's clearly not not a slouch either. So mm. she'll be taking over from expected to be official tomorrow up until September. Yeah. I think on an interim basis it's a good good appointment. Especially as she's in that US system which, you know, breeds success. And so, just wins World Cups all the time. Yeah. For a part-time appointment, you can't really complain, I don't think. Oh, no, no, absolutely not. The It's the still need a manager for the Olympics, should they go ahead, which, I don't know, that is the bigger conundrum, I think. Yeah. Because who do you get? Well, it's an interesting one. So, also yesterday, Jane Ludlow, the Wales manager, she left by mutual consent of managing the Welsh team. Maybe, you know, if the England manager won't do it, maybe the Welsh manager will. And yet she's now left her job. And mm. her assistant, by the way, has already signed a contract at Tottenham. She's going to be the Tottenham assistant manager. Hmm. This weird set of news in like in, on the international stage. But I don't know. I think, first of all, is the question of whether or not the Olympics are going to go ahead Yeah. before, like, finding a manager or, like, committing to someone this early. Like, maybe give it a, a bit of time before. But, yeah, the, yeah, the Phil Neville thing is strange. And I don't know. It's so bittersweet because he did bring success, but also it wasn't too great towards the end. Yeah. So, but I do think this perhaps quite a cynical view, but I do think both England and Phil Neville have got what they wanted from each other. I think so. I think you're right. Phil Neville wanted managerial experience at a high level, which is what he got. And England wanted some success which they got, and also a higher profile because Phil Neville's a big name in English football. So from that perspective, it's worked out. 
but maybe from a, like a a pure success standpoint, as in only won the She Believes Cup, which still is an impressive thing to do. Yeah, it's yeah. nice, it's nice leg- legacy to leave, isn't it? Yeah. And it, it does leave England in a good position for the future as well. Yeah. I'm excited for September. Yeah, me too. That'll be good. And then it'll be the proper sort of lead up to the Euros as well with a new manager. And that'll just create such a good buzz around the Euros as well. You know, with the Euros being here in, in England, it'll be, you know, hopefully something really special. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the best managers in the world is, you know, a vastly, you know, a team that's improving quickly mm. in a home tournament. Yeah. And also it'll be good for the WSL. Yeah. Because I think the WSL has become sort of the league, the, the, the main league in women's football recently. It's the amount of Americans that have come over. It's funny. So, and, so I was just... I've been speaking about this because I'm going to do for another part of my university work, we're going to do, I'm going to do a piece on uh, the finances and the money in the WSL. And already the WSL is the most widely watched women's league in the world, which just make you think, because like you think of the success that America's had in the women's game. And yet I don't know when the, you know, the women's season is in the United States. I don't mm. know when the league starts. I don't know any of the teams. I don't know any of the managers. I don't know where I can watch games. Yeah. And I if I, if that... I wanted to watch the Orlando, and I know they've got a team. Yeah. Whatever team they're called in <laughs> the UK, I don't know where I would. Yeah, that's a good point. And also I think I, th- I think the team, sort of the, the the main women's football team, like in the last five or six years, was Leon. Yeah. Whereas now it's Chelsea, City, United, and Arsenal. I think yeah. are probably the main ones. They definitely are. Yeah. Hmm. Well, and, so um, to a lesser extent, Tottenham after Alex Morgan joining. Yeah. They might oppress not so much as in terms of competitiveness, but in terms of name recognition and legitimacy, that gives a massive shot in the arm. Mm-hmm. For sure. So I think the, the, the Euros will be massive in this country, like for women's football in this country. And I'm looking forward to it. And I do think England will be up there, even yeah. with a new manager that has re- only recently will have only will have recently taken over. Yeah, exciting, exciting times, I think. Yeah, I think so too. <clears throat> so as we briefly mentioned the WSL, let's get into what we covered last weekend in what was really the first weekend back after the whole COVID debacle over the Christmas break. But what an incredible weekend of football it's been. The Early kickoff was the Manchester City game on the Sunday against Aston Villa, which was a thumping 7-0 win. And it was so easy. Like, I can't even begin to tell you, Ryan. It was so easy. Mm. 
just the movement, the like Aston Villa just don't play at that tempo. Like when City got the ball, it just felt dangerous all the time. Like the ball was zipping around, you know, good running off the ball, good crosses coming in. It's just like this game is only going one way. And when it was like six nil at half time, we went, yeah, all right. Or something ridiculous, like maybe five nil. But yeah, it was it was all over. It was just such an easy game for them. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of crazy when you consider that City are fourth in yeah. the league, and they're just smashing teams seven nil. Like it shows the standard of the league is at an all time high at the moment. They're that fourth, you're fourth, and they've only lost one game. Right. Yeah. And they just beat a team 7-0. They could go third if they win their game in hand, but still. But Chelsea, who we'll come on to in a minute, also have a game in hand. Mm. So the the five-point gap there will still be the same if both teams win. Mm. I think Chelsea play not this Wednesday, but the Wednesday after. I think it's against Villa as well. Yeah, it's going to be be interesting. It's going to be a hammering. Yeah, but again, it was one of those that so they were without a couple of internationals, Rose Lavelle and Sam Uris, uh, over in the United States playing a two friendlies against Colombia. The first one was last night, and that was a 4 0 win where Sam Uris, who plays for City, scored a hat trick, scored three goals. I mean, there's nothing more to say. Like, yeah, when you're beating Aston Villa seven nil, and you're, you know, your World Cup winning international who's scoring hat tricks for their country isn't there. I think it does say something actually about the depth that City have. Yeah, it's scary, and it's even scarier that they have only lost one game and they're still fourth, even with that <laughs> yeah. depth. It's oh, it's ridiculous. Like the standard's so high this year. I think realistically, f- there are still four teams in the title race. Yeah, which is crazy. And they've lost between them. They've lost four games all season, all four teams, which is ridiculous. It's just hard to get your head around because as we enter into this second cycle of fixtures. And you think these teams are going to be playing each other? Like these teams are going to be playing in massive matches now. I think the first of those is Arsenal play Man City on the seventh of February, mm. which is going to be huge. I mean, it is third versus fourth at the moment, but City the City have momentum with them on their side currently. Do you think that could? And also the last time they played was, I think, the last time we did a podcast. Yeah. With the goal in the, I think, the last minute. Lovely yeah. little finish. And Caroline Way buried one in the corner. Yeah. So it was a tight game the last time they played. And now the stakes are even higher. It's exciting. Exciting I, I genuinely don't know who, like, if you were to ask me to put 20 quid on a team to win, I'd be scared to put the money on yet. I'd be like, give me a few Ooh. more weeks. I don't know. I I think there's one team that are just 
the best. Well, yeah, and, like you'd have to think Chelsea. Yeah. But after watching that game, like it seems like United, they can win, they can get points off them. Yeah. Just, well, I watched... when they needed it, they they got it done. Well, I've seen Arsenal get points off Chelsea. They drew. I think for large parts of that game, Arsenal looked decent and looked like they could win. But obviously Chelsea have that, you know, reigning champions, unbeaten. They've got that mental strength at the moment. But then if they do eventually lose a game, you don't know what that will do mentally. I, I think they're strong enough to sort of, like even if, if the rare instance they do lose happens I think they've got enough about them to carry on but I think that just it throws the entire league in the title race like it becomes not only what do you do but what do the other teams around you do that's all it takes is one loss for Chelsea and Mm. it could be anyone's yeah which is is mental it's the thing that like draws aren't good enough either now no it's sort of this if you think if you're United and you're on the same points as Chelsea now and they've got a game in hand and then they draw their game in hand they only go a point ahead of you instead of three points ahead so it's like well that's as good as a loss yeah it is in that respect so it's it's exciting it's tense it's so tense and I'm glad I'm not involved because I could not handle (laughs) Any hey, of this listen, tension. We'll, we'll come on to Liverpool in a bit because they've got a title race of their own to try and contend with. Uh, that's done, I'm afraid. Is it all done? Just if you, we'll, we'll, I we'll, don't we'll, know. We'll come on to it in a minute. But uh, we'll keep going and we'll talk about... Oh, no, we'll talk about it now, actually. Because yeah. whilst... Because it was in the running order of the day... It was that was the early kickoff, and then just slightly before the rest of the Dubrovnik fixtures, Liverpool in the Championship played. What was it? First versus third, was it? At the, at the time, it was at first time, versus third. Yes. At the time, it was first versus third at Prenton Park in Tranmere, and that was the game you covered. So, how did that one go? Yeah. So Leicester, who were Liverpool's opponents top of the league and I think also beat Liverpool the last time they played and then there's just pure narratives coming into this match so it's first versus third Liverpool didn't have a manager because the other big news this week was oh, that God, yeah. <laughs> Vicky, Vicky Jepsen who's been sort of involved with Liverpool in various roles for about 12 years left her role as manager and it's like in oh it's just crazy crazy so uh the assistant manager amber whiteley she's the current caretaker so she managed the game and liverpool liverpool started really well okay and scored in the first 10 minutes missy bokern scored after some good plays from amelie thestrup down the left hand side and then Liverpool looked the better side for most of the first half. And then oh, Leicester were given what I would call, and I've, I've only seen it sort of on the FA player stream as it happened, a dubious penalty. Okay. 
I I'm not convinced. All right, I've, you don't sound I've, it. <laughs> I've I've not seen it back, so I can't like definitively say whether it was or wasn't a penalty. But at the time, the temptation to write Leicester were given a ridiculous penalty just before <laughs> halftime in my match report was was yeah. I don't know. And that was on 41 minutes. And then yeah. Natasha Natasha Flink converted that. And she's having a great season for Leicester. And then perhaps the most, it was a, the, the biggest turning point in the game. And an absolutely ridiculous set of events happened just after halftime. Because uh, Thestrup, who set up the first goal, was subbed off at halftime for Mel Lawley. And Liverpool kicked off. I think the ball was played back to Lawley or it was played to someone else and then played to Lawley. And then she lost the ball. Leicester swooped in, took it. And then in an effort to win the ball back, she fouled the Leicester player and was sent off about 20 seconds after she came on as a sub at half-time. And it, I was just watching it and I was like, What? So I'll be honest with you. What was the tackle? I was it a bad tackle? I don't think it was a red card. It was a foul. Yeah. Um, admittedly, I've also only seen that as it happened. Yeah. yeah. But um, yeah, it was from behind, but I, I think yellow at most. She was just trying to win the ball back after she lost it. It wasn't like malicious. I don't think. And I think Leicester, the one thing I learned about Leicester in this game is that they are very reminiscent of a team that will, like, I don't know, there's a word I want to use, but I don't think it's family friendly. They will, they, they know how to win. They know how to win and they... The hmm. grind wins out. Yeah, d- 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 Diplomacy. Um, they will. Yeah. Come on, you've got good English skills, Ryan. Come on. I yeah, but the word I want to say is. I just know the word mind. you want. I know the word you want. They're just clever. They're professionals. Clever. They're clever in the way they go about their business. Yeah. That's yeah. That's the best way. So make say. that of what you will. Yeah. Because look, they're a good. They're a good size. They've been the best team in the championship so far. But from watching this, I think yeah, they definitely know how to win through any means necessary. I think. And yeah, the 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 player Lawley fouled did take I'd say about four or five little rolls after the foul, because I saw that she the foul was given. And then I saw the rolls afterwards. And then I sort of my, because I had it on a split screen. So on one side was the game and the other side was a Word document to write the match report. So I went, I went to type and then I heard red cards and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, hang on a second. What are you talking about? What for? And I assumed there had been some sort of beef. Like a fight or something. I thought hands had been thrown which doesn't happen really <laughs> but i would that's that's how confused i was i was like well that foul wasn't a red card so something else must have happened but no it was, it was for that foul. foul okay and i was very confused 
And I think that, yeah, at one all with 45 minutes left of the game. It's a long game, but you're game's like, top uh, of the league. Yeah. I think Liverpool were decent. They were very good first half. I think if you watch that first half in isolation without knowing anything, and then someone said to you, which team do you think's first and which team do you think a uh, third in the league? You would have said Liverpool first, Leicester third, yeah. in my opinion. But yeah, the red card did change things. And Leicester do what sort of, it's the cliche of future champions grind out wins like that. Like Liverpool were brilliant defensively with 10 players for 35 minutes after the red card. And then I said it to you, I messaged you. I said, yeah. Leicester are getting a winner here and it's going to be gutting because Liverpool were very good defensively. And then, yeah, they got a late winner in the 80th minute. And I thought, yeah, yeah, it's just not Liverpool's season, I don't think. <laughs> you know, wanting to return to the WSL at the first time of asking was probably expected, I think, for Liverpool. Uh, yeah, I'd say that. I think before the season, you would have expected yeah, it. Yeah, you would have. But yeah, there's... A lot of games this season have been quite frustrating. So obviously losing to Leicester this week and then before Christmas losing to Durham. Yeah, those are big who games. Who second. Like, they're the games you have to win if you want to go up. Liverpool are now fourth. Oh, God, yeah, I'm looking at the table now. Sheffield United won. Liverpool got a game in hand, so they could go back into third. But I right. think in terms of the title race... It's very much between Leicester and Durham because Leicester are 11 points ahead of Liverpool at the moment with uh, eight games left for Liverpool, I think. Yeah. And seven right. left for Leicester. Another season in the Championship awaits Liverpool. Oof. Unfortunately. But, you know, these things happen. Yeah. Leicester versus Durham will be interesting. Yeah, that'll be a great game. 14th of February. 14th of February. Well done, Ryan. So soon. And then Liverpool playing Coventry that day. It's, yeah, it's between Durham and Leicester at this point. I'd love yeah, to be is. wrong, but, you know, 11 points adrift. It's a big gap. I think if they'd have won at the weekend, which they could have done before they went down to 10, I think. Don't want to sound defeatist, but I'd say it's unlikely they're going to be promoted, which is a shame. Also, don't have a manager at the moment. So, yeah, like, true. The the worst They've time. Got bigger for it to priorities. Happen. Yeah, <laughs> I think I just rebuild this the rest of this season. So while you were covering that game, just thirty minutes after your game kicked off, the game the second game I was covering was the best game of the weekend, and God was it good! It was Chelsea versus Man United. Second versus the first. And if Chelsea were to win, they'd go top on goal difference. And that's exactly what happened as they mm. went on to beat United by two goals to one. And it was just a great game. I can't, honestly, I can't be effusive enough about just the standard of football. It was so good. Mm. Like, I was thinking about, you know, after this, do I want to watch 
I think it was I think it was the Liverpool United game or something like that. I was like, mm. nah, actually, you know what? I'm good. I'm going to have a little nap and get ready for the NFL because that's my football for the day because it was just, it was really good. And Chelsea were fantastic from the, in the first half. They were so good. Like, being real, they went in the break and it was 1-0. It could have been 3 or 4 after the first 10 minutes. Like, they were just great. And Sam Kerr and Frank Kirby together are just great. Like, their movement is it's hard to explain because they're just, just on the same page. It's like watching Hurricane and Son for Spurs. Like, you watch them and just go, oh, you guys, are, you, you figured it out. And they were mm. just, United looked lost for that first 15, 20 minutes. And they got into it and they had a goal disallowed for offside. And so he's like, oh, 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 yeah. got, oh they can at least hang, hang with Chelsea. But that first half, Chelsea were amazing. And then, like we've mentioned before, with Casey Stoney, when she, after we spoke about the uh, Manchester derby, where it was like two teams, the Man United in the first half, then Man United in the second half, were completely different. It was very much the same again, where tactically they did different things. They weren't pressing as high, leaving spaces in the back. They'd be more patient. They weren't looking for counterattacks. They were just playing more possession-based football where they were just taking the time, working the way up the field, getting in good positions. And then she scored an equaliser and Lauren James. And it was a great finish. Like Picked up the ball like over by the sideline, did a one-two with Ella Toon, and then she just had this acres of space and she just absolutely smashed it into the back of the net. I was like, here we go. one all. Winner stays top of the well goes or stays top of the table, and then just four minutes later, after a big long ball over the top, which the United defender just didn't deal with, Frank Kirby just ran past everyone and just slammed it in the back of the net. I was like, oh, oh god, that's heartbreaking. <laughs> but in the end, I do think it was probably a fair result because Chelsea were the better side. Yeah. But that's like we were saying, they are the team to beat. Uh, yeah, I had it on in the background when I was watching the Liverpool game. And yeah, from what I saw of the first half, Chelsea looked very impressive. And then, <clears throat> yeah, the United's goal in the second half was absolutely lovely. The angle from behind the goal was great, great hit. And then, you know, Chelsea did what Chelsea do. And that is find a win. Yeah, and they, yeah, I did see that goal. I sort of, I, you know, when you sort of see something happen before it happens. Yeah, and I just thought, oh yeah, Chelsea are going to score here. This they're going to score here, and then little do you know, Frank Kirby gets played through, puts it in the back of the net. I was like, oh wow, saw that one, Chelsea. Yeah, Chelsea look very good. And it's probably, it's weird because every time I've seen United so far this season, they've been, other than the first half of the City game, they've been in control and have, they rarely were threatened. Yeah. Whereas in this game, it was the complete opposite. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, yeah, they were. I don't know whether, obviously, the COVID stuff had an effect or not, but they didn't look just quite as 
at the races as they usually are. Of course, they were without um, Tobin Heath, who, although her name was on the team sheet to be on the bench, she wasn't even in her boots or anything. So there was no way she was getting on the pitch. Yeah, that was a strange one. Because <laughs> whenever I looked over, the camera was on Tobin Heath, but if she just wasn't like she wasn't warming up she wasn't in kit she didn't have boots on I was like she's on the bench isn't she and then I checked and she was and I was like well clearly they've just named her on the bench sort of as a formality I guess yeah and had no intention of actually bringing her on but yeah Yeah, yeah. it's weird weird to do that I think because I don't know I don't know the benefit of that knowing you're not going to bring someone on yeah it's an interesting one and that spot on the bench could have gone to someone else who could have made a difference and not just, saying that maybe, would have happened know, but. and maybe not travelling with the team and sitting in the in the cold for two hours yeah might it's help a strange... with the injury recovery yeah, strange decision all round. Unless on the day she was like fit enough to at least make a small appearance, and then as the day went on, they were like, "Oh no, the injury is still quite bad." But yeah, it was strange. Like BT kept on making a thing of it as well. Yeah, they kept did. on showing her. I was like, "Well, she's not got her boots on." I was like, "Well, she's clearly not coming on, is she?" <laughs> you know, two two one down against like in the biggest game of the season so far like i think she'd be on by now if she was able to but yeah i don't know so yeah so united lost that game which means they are now second in the league they lost their first game of the season however they are only second on goal difference but like we mentioned when we were chatting about man city Chelsea also have a game in hand, so that gap could open up to three points. Yeah, it's a big game, especially when you're playing a team that just lost 7-0 as well. Chelsea must be looking at that and must be like, yeah, this is a good opportunity to go top of the league. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because it's really tight now in the WSL and there's four teams that realistically could still win the league yeah and then I think after next week there's a gap for where the FA Cup games would have been if they were going ahead so I think it would be interesting to see sort of the shape of things before that and then how that affects the teams going forward yeah and then after that break I think Arsenal play City so it's all happening it's It's all going on such a mad game that yeah oh god because you'd you'd assume in that game neither team are probably winning the league although you can't really rule it out because you think Chelsea and United have been that good that it seems unlikely that Arsenal or City would um end up winning the league but then you think uh, Arsenal are three points behind yeah it's not like they're out of it 
yeah like I think a lot of people sort of I think dismissed City because they were fourth I was like well they're still if they win their game in hand they're two points behind yeah United so it's like well yeah things aren't over and it's a proper four team race and they still got to play each other again like exactly it's not like there's like it's two games to go it's like no there's like another 10 games to go exactly you think you know City win their game in hand they go two points behind United and then if things stay as they are the next time those two teams play which is at City I think Mm -hmm. you think if City win they leapfrog United which a few weeks ago you would be like well that's not gonna happen is it because United have been on a different level with Chelsea, obviously. Yeah. But yeah. It's and, to, and, to, and to think that City could have been United in the game mm. earlier in the year. Like they were 2 0 up our time. Yeah. And they really should have pushed on and closed that game out. Like, yeah. All of a sudden, that puts them ahead of them anyway. Well, it puts them one point behind, actually. But you know, yes, yeah, because but that would mean they'd be one point behind Chelsea, who are top, also with a game in hand. Yeah, that's how different it, that makes everything. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's crazy. And you think Arsenal drew with Chelsea, and I think Chelsea scored a last-minute equaliser. And you think, well, if that game, if that hadn't have happened. Things could have been completely different, not only for Arsenal, but for Chelsea, United, and City. Yeah, things would have been even somehow even closer. So it's it's so tense at the moment. <clears throat> so as we kind of move away from that, well, but but not massively actually, as we look mm. at. Uh, as you look at the table, we see that Everton, although they're not really in contention with the league, they're still a good side as they also won this weekend with a mm. a 4-0 win, which kind of goes under the radar because of you know the City game and because it was against Bristol City or bottom of the table, but still. A 4 0 winner at this point is is still good going. Yeah. And you think, like, obviously, they're not in the title race, but they still could get European football. Yeah. If things go their way, I mean, obviously, it appears unlikely at this point, but you know, stranger things have happened. Like, Everton could nick that third spot. And in play in the Champions League next year because if they've got a game in hand on Arsenal if they win that they go three behind Arsenal so and a point behind City so it's I don't know it's yeah Everton is sort of flying under the radar at the moment I don't really know what else to say other than that it's ridiculously close in the WSL and And anything could happen and it's just been really Mm. fun like before going into this, as I didn't really know what to expect, I did not expect to be enjoying it as much as I am. Mm. Right, I'm, I'm so in, I'm just 
so involved. I'm just so in. Right. I look forward to Sundays for much more than I enjoy look forward to Saturdays now. Mm. Yeah, I think that's the thing, is that it's just to me, it feels like when I used to enjoy football when I was a kid, it feels like women's football is like that. But yeah. now, if that's yeah, yeah. a good way of summing it up. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Whereas now with like men's football, I'm sort of I'll watch it because I like football, but I'm just not, I don't know. I don't feel the same about it. There's not that, like, kid-like enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah. If you get what I mean. But, yeah, it is, it's been very fun. And also, it's so tense at yeah. the top of the table. It's so tense. And obviously, if Liverpool had won this weekend, it would have been tense in the championship. I mean, it's yeah. still tense between Leicester and Durham. But yeah, and that'd be interesting. Durham, a team that don't have like a major men's affiliate yeah. club, could potentially be in the WSL next year if things go their way. That'd be so, so big. It'd be so big. So it's, yeah, this pure storylines unfolding. <laughs> so we've got, like you mentioned, we've got 12 o'clock Man United will be playing Birmingham. At two o'clock, Man City will be playing Brighton. Then at half two, Everton will be away at Tottenham. Chelsea, who everyone will be chasing, are playing bottom of the table, Bristol City. And then Everton are also playing strugglers, West Ham. Ooh. But Arsenal lost, uh, drew one all with Reading last week. So who knows what could happen there? Yeah, yeah. we could see some big movement next weekend. Yeah. Also, if you're Chelsea and you've just beaten the undefeated United and then you've got bottom of the table Bristol City and then second bottom of the table Aston Villa the next two games, you yeah. must be like, oh, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. But, Bristol City, who have two points to their name. Yeah. One nom, gone two, lost nine. Yeah. With a goal yeah. difference of negative 43. Oh my! Just lost four 0 to Everton as well. So, <laughs> oh dear! So yeah, the so... game after that, Chelsea have the team that just lost seven 0 <laughs> So it's like, well, that game was huge. Yeah, like if they'd have lost to United, they still would have had these two games in hands. They probably could have, or well, not the two games in hand, the next two favourable fixtures. They probably could have got ground back. But the fact they won and now they have these two fixtures, it's like, well, ooh, you think you think that would be a six points from six, and United will be there, like, damn it, but damn you it. know. So, I think we'll wrap it up there. Keep an eye on the Twitter page of Turnstile Online, and head over to the website to read all match reports and previews and we've got some fun things coming up out in the next week or so so definitely keep an eye out for all that good stuff and yeah we'll uh, see you next time thank bye. you very much bye <laughs>